Hey, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. My name is Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, a.k.a. Pastor Rob, a.k.a. I don't care what you call me, okay? Just as long as you fellowship with me in Christ. Friends, this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can get a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you, yes you, can apply something that was written so long ago to what you are going through right now. What's up everybody? Welcome back. I feel like we've been away for a minute, but you know it is the summertime, summer, summertime, and in the summertime you're supposed to do what? Travel. I mean if you can. And that's what my wife and I have been doing. That's what we love to do. I love to preach, teach, I love to sing, and I love to travel. And so that's what we've been doing. But we're back, y'all. And thank y'all so much for sticking in there with us, hanging with us through all those repeats that you, uh, or non-episodes that you didn't get over the last couple of weeks. We appreciate y'all. We really do. We don't take your listenership for granted. But quite honestly, y'all, sometimes cats just need a break. You know what I'm saying? But we're so appreciative that you've decided to join us this week for a brand new episode of Deeper in the Word as we speak from a subject and an episode that we have entitled With All Due Respect. With All Due Respect. And you know, when you hear that phrase, what do you typically associate that with? You associate it with disrespect, right? Because even though the person says, you know, with all due respect, what normally comes next is some type of insult or other form of disrespect. Well, today, y'all, we're going to associate that phrase, with all due respect, with the disrespect associated with your name. Yes, your name, whatever your name is. My name is Adrian. How you doing? Whatever your name is. Because nobody likes their name to be disrespected or dragged through the mud, right? Well, why would God be any different? God does not like it when people disrespect or misuse or abuse his name. And people do it all the time, every day. They do it unconsciously. They'll use his name in vain or something like that and not even recognize it because they're so used to doing it. And that's why, my friends, the scripture passage that's going to guide our discussion today stems from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 7. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation version of the Bible because that's just my favorite version. Reading whatever version is your favorite version, my friends. Mine is the NLT. Exodus, chapter 20, verse 7, and it reads as follows. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Mm, mm, mm. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word, y'all. I mean, we've all heard that phrase, right? What's in a name? You've heard people say that before, right? When somebody mentions our name, our main hope is that them doing so will bring good thoughts to their mind. Again, you don't want someone to associate negativity and muckrucking with your name. And that's why it's so painful to us whenever anybody drags our name through the mud or tries to throw salt on our name or tries to attach things to us that we've never actually said or done. You know, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, makes very clear the importance of having a good name. Look at Proverbs 22, 1. It's from the NASB. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. Ain't that right? And if that's true, and it is, then the opposite has to be true too. Y'all like, what you mean? Look at Samuel, book of Samuel. I believe this is 1 Samuel, yes, 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 25. Please do not let my Lord pay attention to this worthless man, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and stupidity is with him. But I, your slave, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. (laughs) Names are important. And what's more, the associations that we make with names help to shape perceptions about our names and about who we are as people. 
Think about it. Certain names immediately invoke negative images once you say them, right? If I said to y'all the name Judas Iscariot or Benedict Arnold, you're thinking, oh, that's a traitor, right? You call somebody a Benedict Arnold when they're a traitor, right? The first thoughts that you think about these people are not going to be pleasant ones. In fact, these particular names have come to be associated with negativity so much that they've actually become titles that we assign unflatteringly to other people. Oh, you're a Benedict Arnold. That means you're a traitor. You're a Judas Iscariot. You went behind my back, Judas. People say that all the time, right? But we're talking about the power of names. Even certain storms have come to have names associated with horrible memories. If I'm in Florida or Louisiana and I say Hurricane Sandy or Hurricane Katrina or Hurricane Andrew, for a lot of people, it's going to be some terrible and traumatic memories that get invoked simply at the mention of those names. Again, names are a big deal, which is also why we deem it so important that we give our children the right names when they're born, right? You know what's really crazy, y'all? You ever notice how celebrities give their kids these crazy names? No, this is true. These are actual names that famous people have given their children. You can look this up for yourself. We don't normally like to call out people or institutions or anything by proper name, but for this purpose, you can look this up for yourself. These are their actual names. And we're not making fun of them. We just think it's crazy because you don't typically name children after these things. Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, their child's name is Apple. Frank Zappa, the legendary rocker, his children's names are Moon Unit Zappa, Dweezil Zappa, and Diva Thin Muffin Zappa. You heard that right, Diva Thin Muffin. The rapper T.I. and his wife Tiny from the group Escape, their daughter's name is Eris, H-E-I-R-E-S-S. I guess they letting her know you, this is your kingdom next, right? Jermaine Jackson, one of the Jackson 5, Michael's brother. His son's name is Jermajesty. I'm not making that up, y'all. You can look it up for yourself, Jermajesty. Sometimes celebs even change their own names to something crazy, right? As a symbol of the power of their name. Y'all remember when the late great musician Prince changed his name to a symbol that you couldn't even pronounce? You know, and we also know that some names are so well-known that they become synonymous with a product. In other words, the name itself comes to represent the thing that it's named for or named after. Y'all like, huh? Think of it like this. Most of us don't even call it a tissue anymore. We say, hand me a Kleenex. Even if that's not the manufacturer of the tissue box, right? Most of us don't say, oh, I need a bandage. We say, I need a Band-Aid, right? Or uh, we don't say, I need some tape. We say, I need some scotch tape. It may not even be scotch tape, but that's what we've come to associate tape with. Companies realize how important names are. That's why they put trademarks on their product names so that you can't use their names wrongly or unauthorized. That's how important names are. They enforce copyrights and trademarks for their names and the names of their products precisely because they don't want people infringing upon the name and giving it a bad reputation. Saying to God, just like these companies and everything else that places an emphasis on a name, everything we just talked about, the name of God is equally, if not highly, more significant. What you call God is a big deal to him because his name reflects his nature and his character. And God has built and he spent an eternity building up his name. Way before you ever existed and you blasphemed or belittled his name, he was built his name up among many people who came before you, okay? So check yourself. In essence, God's name is copyright protected. It really is. It's copyright protected. 
because his name should not be infringed upon. It shouldn't be maligned and it shouldn't be misused. Just like if I tried to start selling burgers and I said, McDonald's, that's the name of my place. They're going to be like, uh, no, it ain't. We already got that name. I am infringing upon their name and their copyright. I'm misusing their name. Same thing with God. God's name should be given its proper respect and it should be handled with the care that is due to it and worthy of it. And that leads us to where we are in our text, y'all, which is basically a third, the third, I should say, of the Ten Commandments. And this verse instructs us about the importance of knowing why we should not take the Lord's name in vain. Why we should treat God's name with the copyright protection that it deserves. So that's what we're going to talk about today, y'all. Because with all due respect, God's name deserves all due respect. And one of the first things that we need to grasp in this regard is that God's name is an esteemed name. God's name is an esteemed name. And the word esteemed means sacred, holy, worthy of respect and reverence. God's name is so often misused and misspoken because it's misunderstood and not appreciated the way it should be. So let's understand a couple things about God's name. First, let's talk about the announcement of God's holy name. And listen, I'm about to get real nerdy on you. I'm about to nerd out on y'all, okay? Because that's what I do. But one thing we need to understand is that names in biblical times were way more significant than they are today. Because back then, your name usually revealed something about you as a person or about your ancestry or about your background. They were critical. For instance, Adam is the Hebrew word for man, which is appropriate since Adam was the first man. And Abraham means father of many in Hebrew. And this is especially true in regard to the name of God. The reality is that God has chosen to reveal himself to us through his names. You want an example? There were over 300 names for God given in the Bible. And our verse today reveals two of those names that we're going to examine more in depth as this episode unfolds. The first of those is the word Lord. So when you see the word Lord in the Bible, it's an English rendering of the Hebrew word Jehovah. Okay, so it doesn't say Lord in Hebrew, it says Jehovah. And by very brief way of background, because I don't want to nerd out too much and have you turn the channel. Okay. But just by a very brief way of background, for the Israelites back then and continuing to be applicable to Orthodox Jewish people today, the letters YHWH, which came to be pronounced Yahweh, is the written name of God in the ancient Hebrew written language, which did not have vowels. And since written Hebrew did not have vowels, once the scriptures were translated to Latin, Y-H-W-H became J-H-W-H and then vowels were inserted to make the name pronounceable. Therefore, J-H-W-H became Jehovah. And without getting too technical in this explanation, and like I said, nerding out too much, just know that both Y-H-W-H and J-H-V-H were the manners in which the Israelites addressed God because God's name was considered too holy to be spoken and therefore the people weren't even worthy of uttering it. And you'll forgive me, I said it was J-H-W-H. I believe it may have been J-H-V-H. It's either J-H-W-H or J-H-V-H. You can look it up for yourself. That's the important thing about knowing the word of God. Don't take my word for it. Look it up for yourself. And then email me at info at benevolentfaithministries.org and say, yeah, you were right. It was J-H-W-H. Or say, no, you were wrong. It was J-H-W-V. Either way. But even today, y'all, religious Jews don't often say this name out loud and instead use substitutes when they refer to God. For example, they use Hashem, which means the name in Hebrew, or Shem Hamfarash, which means the indescribable name. So Jehovah is actually a modern 
mispronunciation of the Hebrew name that results from combining the consonants of that name, J-H-V-H, with the vowels of the word Adonai, which means Lord, which the Jews substituted for the proper name in reading the scriptures. And as a result, this ultimately led to them pronouncing the name Jehovah. And y'all like, uh, okay, I don't care about any of that. But just know that many scholars believe that the most proper meaning of Jehovah is probably he brings into existence whatever exists. And isn't that God? But in all cases, y'all, the name Jehovah describes God as the self-existent eternal one. Don't miss that. Self-existent. Meaning God don't need nobody and nothing else to be all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-seeing. God don't need us. He's got it covered. That's a testament to his sovereignty and his authority and his power. That's why his name is I Am. That's the name he used when he revealed himself to Moses in Exodus 3, verse 14. Look at that. Exodus 3, 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, this is what you shall say to the sons of Israel. I am has sent me to you. That is a name that is used to declare God's nature, which is an unchanging and eternal nature. Don't take my word for it, Malachi 3.6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, the sons of Jacob, have not come to an end. James chapter 1, verse 17. For every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. God don't change. He has an unchanging eternal nature. And in the Bible, Jehovah is coupled with other words to form compound names for God that reveal more about his nature and his attributes. For instance, there's Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. You can find that in Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. There's Jehovah Nisei, which means the Lord is my banner. You see that in Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. By the way, all my life, I and people that I know pronounce that Jehovah Nisi because that's what it looks like. But I've come to find out in my studies and going to school that that's not the proper pronunciation. It's Nisei. So you can learn something all the time. Then there's Jehovah Shalom which means the Lord is peace because, of course, shalom means peace. Judges chapter 6, 24, that's where you can find that. Then there's Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there. That's from Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35. Jehovah Sebaoth, Sebaoth, that's T-S-E-B-A-O-T-H, which means the Lord of hosts. You see that in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3. And Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. So that's the first name we see is Lord. The other name we see in this text is the name God, which in Hebrew is the word Elohim. E-L-O-H-I-M. And although the exact meaning of Elohim is unknown, it typically refers to the idea of strength, power, and majesty. And that's the common word for God in the Bible. It's used over 2,000 times in the Old Testament, Elohim. It's a name that portrays him as the powerful, dependable, and trustworthy one. As the God that we can rely on. So, because we've seen all the different um, uh, things about God's name, all the different um, admissions of his name, all the different, I should say, um, the different uh, announcements, I should say, of his esteemed name. And we see that it is esteemed. Because of that, we see the need for an adoration of God's name. Friends, God's name should be held in extreme reverence and adoration. We hinted at this esteem for his name earlier when we spoke about how the Jews would write his name but not say it. In fact, whenever they came to the name of God in the writing, the scribes would actually stop writing, thoroughly wash themselves, purify themselves, and then they would change pens 
and then write the name of God. And then afterward, they would throw that pen away so that it could never be used to write another word ever again. No, that's how much they revered God. And the fact that we look at that and say, okay, that that's overkill. They doing too much. The fact that we look at that and say that shows just how far our reverence for the name of God has fallen off. Because who's to say he looks at them and was very pleased when they did that and look at us and is not. I'm just saying. So as we referenced before, a lot of Orthodox Jews today still won't say the name Jehovah or Yahweh. But you know, it's sad, y'all, the way our society has lost a lot of that holy respect for its glorious name. I just said, we think it's overkill that they would throw away the pen and wash themselves just for writing his name. Meanwhile, we up here using his name in defilement like it ain't nothing and watching it be done on TV. When we use God's name, it should be done in a manner consistent with his character. We're supposed to hold his name in total admiration, in awe, in respect, and in worship. That's scriptural. Psalm chapter 66, verse 2. Sing the glory of his name, make his praise glorious. Psalm 34, 3, exalt the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. So we see that God's name is an esteemed name or rather that it should be esteemed by all and that it should be admired, particularly when it comes to the different announcements. But God's name isn't always esteemed. That ain't always the case, is it? So as a result, there are a lot of people who do not hold God's name in esteem and instead, they think and do the opposite when it comes to esteeming God's name. So who are these people? What do they do, you ask? Well, we're going to get into all of that, my friends, after we come back for the break. Stick around. Hey, friends, check out the best faith-based radio station in the world, BMC Radio, where we're reaching the unreachable. BMC Radio promotes a wide variety of gospel, dance mix, and old school music to go along with a healthy mix of faith-based messages and talk shows geared towards strengthening your daily walk with Christ. We are committed to providing our growing global audience with well-rounded programming that promotes the gospel while also invoking fresh new approaches to what 21st century evangelism is truly about. Just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk to listen live every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can have your own show and advertise your business on BMC Radio for absolutely free, free, free. And as I always like to say, who doesn't love something that costs free 99 Again, simply go to www.bmcradio.org.uk and click on the menu for more information, including access to our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week television channel known as BFTV and our 24-hour-a-day, seven-days-a-week music video channel known as BMC Radio Music Television. We invite you to join us every day at BMC Radio where we're reaching the unreachable. Move over, MTV, because BMC Radio Music Television is here. BMC Radio Music TV is our new 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week video music channel available on the Stream Television Network, which is a 100% online international streaming television network. BMC Radio Music TV plays videos from artists from just about every area of music. From gospel and jazz to contemporary pop and beyond. The channel also broadcasts full-length concert films, artist interviews, and much, much more. You can access BMC Radio Music TV the same way you access our streaming TV channel, BFTV, by going to the BMC Radio website at www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. Again, 
www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV and you will see both channels available for your viewing pleasure. And if you're an artist or musician who wants to feature your music to an international audience, BMC Radio Music TV will put you on the channel for absolutely free. Log on today and learn more about how you can be featured on the best video music channel around. Again, that's www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV to access BMC Radio Music TV today. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Deeper and deeper. And as a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, and on Amazon Music. Also, y'all please email us. I sent you the e- or I said the email address earlier. Info at benevolentfaithministries.org. Send us your questions and your comments for the show. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us about guests you want to have us interview if we can. Because y'all know we ain't famous. Because if you email me and say, you need to get T.D. Jakes on here. I don't know how realistic that is, yo. Okay. But we've had some phenomenal guests. And if there's a topic that you want us to talk about, email us. We'll see if we can find an expert who can speak to that subject. Amen? And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific for our online church services. We have a blast every Tuesday night, y'all. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church, create a screen nickname, and you can chat along with us during the service. Also, y'all please make sure y'all go check out BMC Radio, the best international radio station in the world. Just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk. Click on the menu for more information. Check out all the great programming we got going on on the best internet-based international radio station on planet Earth in the Milky Way. And we encourage y'all to check out BFTV, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week television channel where you can catch all type of good faith-based programming and movies and all that good stuff seven days a week. Available only on the stream, S-T-R-I-M-M. It looks like stream, but it's pronounced stream television network. So check it out. You can access BFTV the same place you can access BMC Radio. www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. And that'll take you right to our channel. It'll also take you to our music television channel, BMC Music Television, which is our version of MTV, where we show all type of music videos from gospel artists and concerts and interviews and stuff and junk and stuff. Check that out too. And we appreciate everybody that supports BMC Radio and BFTV, who are the lifeblood of the Global Church Body Alliance Media Group. We appreciate y'all out there. But today, y'all, today's show is entitled, With All Due Respect. And we are talking about the respect that people fail to put on the name of God. And in our last segment, we got into the discussion about the name of God, how it should be esteemed by all people on earth, respected and revered by everybody everywhere. And we talked about the announcement of God's name, the various ways to say it, how we came about um, the words that we use to describe God today, and how we should be adoring God's name because of who he is. But as we know, my friends, not everybody believes in or reveres God the way that we do. And so as a result, you have those who do not hold God's name in esteem. And to these folks, God's name is not an esteemed name. God's name is a violated name. His name is a violated name to them. See, our verse today, and if you're just joining us, our verse today is taken from Exodus (laughs) chapter 20, verse 7. 
You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. That's our text. And when we look at that text, y'all, it's really interesting because it's telling us that it's wrong to use God's name in vain. And vain in this context means empty, idle, insincerely, phony, frivolous, lacking in reality and truth. When we treat the name of God like just another slogan or a catchphrase, all that is is blasphemy, y'all. But sadly, when that happens, and it happens a lot, we end up hearing his name being degraded far more often then we hear it being exalted. The occurrences, the ratio is far greater for the violation of his name than it is for the exaltation of his name. And there are two primary ways that people violate the blessed name of God. First, they violate his name whenever they use it as a curse. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. How many times have we heard or have we heard said Phrases like, and Lord forgive me for using them, I'm just giving the example. Phrases like, oh God, or oh my God, or somebody says, Jesus, or somebody says, oh Jesus, or oh Christ, or Jesus Christ, or God Almighty, or any of a thousand other phrases just like those. Y'all know what? When we say as believers, even when we say, oh Lord, or oh my God, or good God, we're guilty of doing the same things as using as a curse as, as what people say the other ways or use profanity in God's name. Everybody's done it, but it is degrading to the Lord's name to throw it around so casually in those manners, even if that's something you're so used to and you don't think it's that big of a deal to be like, oh my God, because you say it all the time. Actually, it is a big deal. A lot of times we're guilty of using slang expressions that we think are harmless, but which are actually derivatives from some form of disrespecting God's name. Think about it. Expressions like gosh, or golly, or gee, or gee whiz, or criminy, or jeez. Believe it or not, these are all variations on God's name. And when we use them, we're being disobedient. Somebody out there is going, whoa, dude, you just blew my mind. Yeah, it blew my mind when I read that and studied that. I was like, wow, really? Let me stop saying these things. And other expressions are just a play on the mother of all course, uh, mother of all curse words, I should say, which is Lord damn it, except people don't say Lord now do they? Y'all know what I'm talking about here. I'm not going to say it <laughs> straight up. But sayings like doggone it, gosh darn it, dag nabbit, dad blame it. Those are all offshoots of that other phrase that we're not going to say. Okay. But y'all know what phrase it is. Furthermore, oftentimes people will attribute things to God that he ain't had no part in doing. Whenever they use the phrase by God. Or for God. Oh, I swear by God. I swear for God. Is that true? Swear for God. Don't do that. Okay? And then people will seek to invoke his name by saying, God Almighty. Listen, no matter how you say it or slice it up, whenever we use the Lord's name in a vain way, we are guilty of violating the holiest of all names. And listen. We're not even going to get into the little slang words that people use whenever they get angry. Y'all know what y'all be saying out there. We ain't got to repeat them here. But there's a quote that I love by Dr. L. Nelson Bell, who was a medical missionary in China. And he was Reverend Billy Graham's father-in-law. Check out what he once said. He said, a person who freely uses hell, damn, and devil in his conversation may well be reminding himself of his destination, his condition, and his master. Woo! Yo, that is fire. That is a very 
very potent quote. Let me read that again. Dr. L. Nelson Bell, speaking about people's use of language. He says, a person who freely uses hell, damn, and devil, get that order down, hell, damn, and devil, in their conversation may well be reminding himself of his destination, hell, his condition, damned, and his master, the devil. Man, he's saying you cuss all the time, you basically reminding yourself of who you belong to because it ain't God. <laughs> Friends, we have to be more mindful of our speech, whether it relates to the name of God or not. Remember, people, people don't remember. Jesus told us directly in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 11, that, quote, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that this defiles a person. So we got to be more mindful what we talking about, what comes out of our minds. Secondly, people violate the name of God when they use it casually. Y'all like what you're talking about, Rip. Think about it. Every Sunday, Christians utter the name of God in songs and in prayers and in testimonies. But oftentimes, there's no sincerity or genuine reverence for the name. In other words, it just isn't from the heart. But it makes us sound spiritual, so we use it. But when we invoke the wonderful name of God, we should do that, y'all, with meaning and with significance. Whenever God's name is used, it should be used reverently, respectfully, from a heart of adoration and worship. Otherwise, if you're using it improperly and you're doing it in vain, period. So we need to be aware of casual usage of God's holy name. Thirdly, people violate, so we said people violate the name of God whenever they use it as a curse and whenever they use it casually. Thirdly, they violate the name of God when they use it as a camouflage. Y'all like, what? Well, the most subtle way that Christians take the Lord's name in vain is through hypocrisy. When we vow to God to do one thing, but then we turn around and do another, then we're guilty before him. And this is a major problem with young people. They have this very popular phrase that they use all the time here in America, where you ask somebody, is that true? And they say, man, I put that on God. Or that's on God, meaning what I just said was true. And I promise I'm not lying so much so that I swear to God, I'm not lying. Now, look, don't get this twisted, OK, because I know what somebody out there is thinking right now. Right now, somebody out there is thinking, um, well, people swear to God on the Bible when they testify in court. How's that any different? Here's the difference. In a court of law, in those instances where people are called to the witness stand and traditionally place a hand on the Bible and swear before God to tell the truth, the holiness and the power of God are called as a witness to the proceedings. That's why they say, so help me God at the end of it. The invocation of God's word is meant to make the one testifying keenly aware of God's presence as God, honor, and righteousness are held up as a standard. That's the difference. Because when people just casually say, I swear to God, or I swear for God, and I can't stand it when people say that. Not only is it wrong, but it's gr not even grammatically correct. I swear for God, don't say that please, okay? But when people casually say those things or use them like some sort of tagline or use it as some part of some everyday banter or conversation, man, I went to the store yesterday, no you did, swear for God. The character of God is never even considered when people say that stuff. And that is what makes it wrong. 
when you testify in court, the character of God is with you there testifying. That's the premise. But when you talk about that party was lit, no, it wasn't. Swear for God. That ain't got nothing to do with him. And expressions like those are disrespectful. And they indicate that the speaker has little or no awareness of the one whose name that they're using so carelessly. Y'all, we shouldn't be invoking God's name at the end of outrageous statements. Like tossing his name into the mix makes our words more trustworthy. And we shouldn't be doing that with our prayers either. Like if we toss in some holy words, somehow that'll make God hear from us more. Don't do that. But this whole thing of using his name wrong, saying things like, man, that was the best party I ever went to. I swear to God. That's a flippant use of his name. That's the best food I ever had. I swear to God. Don't do that. We should avoid saying that in those type of contexts, as well as similar expressions like, that's the God honest truth or God is my witness. Of course, God is your witness. God is omnipotent and omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's everybody's witness. That's the, the dumb thing to say when you think about it. Again, we go directly to Jesus himself for instructions on this subject. Look at what Jesus taught in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 33 to 37. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, take no oath at all, neither by heaven, for it is the throne of God, nor by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you take an oath by your head, for you cannot make, excuse me, you cannot make a single hair white or black. But make sure your statement is yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil origin. Basically, y'all, what Jesus is saying right there is that if you say something, people should be able to assume that it's true based on your trustworthiness and your truthfulness. You shouldn't have to add additional various oaths. I swear to God, God is my witness. You shouldn't have to add that stuff. If you're a truthful, upright person, people should take what you say as being the truth. And if they don't, it says a lot about you. Or it says a lot about them and then it's not your problem. Jesus is like, just say yes or no. Your word should be good. Ain't no need to swear on this and swear on that. And there's definitely no need to swear to God in your conversations. If the name of God reveals his character, and it does, and yet we're going to say that we're doing things in his name, then our hypocrisy sends a false image of God to the world and therefore it violates his name. Saints of God, do not be guilty of hiding behind the name of God as a camouflage for evil or wrongdoing. Amen? So, seeing that God's name is an esteemed name, and God's name is a violated name. Now, coming up in our last segment, we want to conclude our discussion about putting some respect on God's name by talking about the last aspect of this. And trust me, it's an aspect that you absolutely do not want to be subjected to. Okay? Y'all like, well, what is that? Well, stay tuned. Because we're going to explain exactly what it is when we come back from the break, y'all. The future of Christian television is now. The Global Church Body Media Group invites you to check out our 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week television channel known as Benevolent Faith Television, or BFTV. BFTV is our very own streaming television channel on the Stream Television Network which is a 100% online international television network. BFTV broadcasts a variety of both faith-based and some regular programming, including original short films, TV shows, music videos, talk shows, and much, much more. Plus, you can have your own show on BFTV for absolutely free. That's right, you heard me. You can broadcast your own television show on BFTV for absolutely no cost 
to you. We even offer in-house editing and production services. And unlike other large streaming platforms, BFTV can be seen outside the Western Hemisphere to reach people groups throughout Europe, Asia, Africa, and beyond. Not only that, but BFTV allows every listener to choose the language they want to watch TV in. Just press the languages button on the TV menu and it will give you several different options. So check out BFTV today. You can access it from the same website where you can listen to BMC Radio, our international online radio station. Simply go to www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. Again, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV and start watching some great faith-based programming right now. BFTV, where the future of Christian television is now. Hey y'all, this is Rev Rob and I am excited to announce our brand new relationship with the mobile app known as Wisdom App where you have, quote, conversations that matter. Y'all like Wisdom App, what's that? Well, Wisdom App is a new mobile app that gives you access to expert help when you need it most. When you download the app, it allows you to listen in real time and ask questions to experts in almost every area of life, from business and finance to fitness and fashion, from sports-based conversations to faith based dialogue. So check out Benevolent Faith's new chat platform on Wisdom App called Speak On It, the Believer's Q&A, where we welcome you to ask questions directly about things related to the Bible and faith in Christ. We'll drop the topic and you come and speak about it. Download the Wisdom App in the Apple and Android stores today and search for at Rev Rob at lowercase R-E-V-R-O-B and become part of our growing world community in Christ where everyone is invited to speak on it. Amen. Hope to see you there. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Deeper in the Wizard. Listen, would y'all please go download that wisdom app that's available in Apple and Android stores everywhere right now? the mobile app that gives you access to expert help when you need it most, whatever the area of discussion is, finances, politics. I try to stay away from that, but it's there. Sports, all types of stuff. If there is an area of expertise, there's an expert on wisdom to help you navigate through that area. Check it out. And when you get there, check out our platform. It's called Speak On It, the Believer's Q&A, where we welcome you to ask us questions directly about things related to the Bible and faith in Christ. As we like to say, we'll drop the topic, you come and speak about it. So, download that Wisdom app, search for at RevRob, at sign R-E-V-R-O-B, and become a part of our growing world community in Christ where everyone is invited to speak on it. Amen? But today, y'all, Today's show has been entitled, With All Due Respect. And we've been discussing the level of respect or lack thereof that people place on God's name. And so far, we've seen that God's name is an esteemed name and that God's name is a violated name. In other words, we've seen that some people put the proper respect on God's name and some don't. But it's all those who don't who we want to focus on for this last aspect in our final segment today. And that is that God's name will be vindicated. God's name will be vindicated because for one, God's name will be vindicated due to the fact that there will be punishment for the violator. I ain't making this up. I'm coming right out of our text. Okay. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. Is that our text? Exodus 20, verse 7. It sure is. Exodus 20, verse 7. I'm coming right out of the text, y'all, where it says, The Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name 
in vain. That text is promising us that God going to deal with you if you willfully violate the sacredness of his name. It's promising you that. Imagine having to stand before God and defend your profane use of his name. You ever had to stand before your parent and you were guilty and they knew you were guilty and you knew they knew and you just stood there in shame? That's how you're going to stand before God for every cuss word you ever uttered. Me too. The person who uses God's name in vain can never be fully right with God and in position for his blessing until they fully repent of that sin. And y'all know what that means, right? Not just stop doing it, but turn away from it and don't do it no more. Don't wait until the last minute to repent from something. And then when the time comes for you to stand before God, you have to give an accounting for what you've done. Because them numbers, them accounting numbers ain't going to be on your side, yo. Okay? So that's the first thing. There's going to be punishment for the violator. Here's another reason why we see that God's name will be vindicated. Because of the path that has been traveled by believers before us. Check this out. Back in 1904, there was an event known as the Welsh Revival. This was the largest Christian revival in Wales in the UK during the 20th century. And it was also one of the most dramatic events in terms of its effect on the population of Wales because it triggered revivals not only around that region but and countries around that region, but several other countries around Europe. And for those unfamiliar with the term, from a theological standpoint, a revival is when churches or religious organizations hold a series of like religious services or meetings in order to inspire the active members of those organizations or churches to gain or go recruit new converts or go evangelize more fervently. Well, during this 1904 Welsh revival, a lot of coal miners got saved. And coal miners were known to be foul-mouthed and cuss a lot in their work, kind of like sailors. So after the revival was over and the miners went back to work in the coal mines, a lot of the coal miners had to retrain their mules. Why? Because the mules couldn't understand the miners' commands anymore because the miners weren't cussing at them. <laughs> the miners weren't using profanity to direct the mules anymore. So the mules couldn't understand what they were telling them to do. The mules were so used to the miners cussing at them that when the miners didn't cuss at them anymore, the mules didn't understand them anymore. Yo, that's crazy. And that story demonstrates to us that God's plan for his people, for followers of Christ, dictates that we guard our tongues in all instances. Whether or not we blaspheme in the name of God or uttering cuss words or anything else that he don't want us to say. Guard your tongue in all instances. Otherwise, the results could prove detrimental against us. We've already said there's going to be an accounting for every word that ever came out your mouth. The less you cuss starting right now, the better. Okay? And it also proves how we speak regularly will come to be expected of us. If you keep watch over your speech and you're more mindful of your words based on the fact that you're walking with the Lord, based on the fact that you're trying to walk a righteous path, then you should be making the requisite effort to not say those things which you know God don't approve of. If you call yourself a believer, you know you're trying to walk with Christ, don't cuss. Don't say inappropriate things. Don't put yourself in situations that may force you to say inappropriate things. And in that way, people should come to expect your speech to be peppered with godliness and to glorify all things related to his kingdom and not to the world. You already know that a foul-mouthed person, when they come around, you got to hide the, the kid's ears. You don't want to be that person. 
You want to be that person that when you come around and people go, hey, kids, come over here and listen to him. Listen to her. They got a lot of wisdom from the Lord to give you. That's who you want to be. The very fact that we walk with the Lord dictates that our speech should be just as different as our conduct. The way we talk and the way we act should go together. It shouldn't be separate or different. Apostle Paul made this clear. Look at um, Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And he also put it this way earlier in his letter to the Colossians when he said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, that, quote, set your minds on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. In other words, heavenly thoughts produce words and deeds which glorify God. They don't demean or misrepresent them. A heavenly thought is only going to be good towards the Lord. And right now, somebody out there might be thinking, well, man, you didn't say a whole lot. Well, what can I say then? <laughs> You're talking about what I can't say. What can I say? Listen, just know that the less you say, the better off you'll be when you stand before the Lord. Y'all like, how do you, why would you even say that? Because that's what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Look at that. But I tell you that for every careless word that people speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. Boom! That ain't come from me. That's Jesus telling you. Every careless word you speak, you're going to have to give an accounting. Them numbers might not add up, yo. Friends, God doesn't want you to cut your tongue out from your head, but he does want your tongue consecrated and dedicated wholly to his worship, his adoration, and his glorification. It's that simple. So we all need to remember that we represent God everywhere we go and in everything that we do. If we really are calling ourselves his believers, his children, his followers, we represent him everywhere we go. And so as such, let's not put forth a poor representation of him as we do that. Think about it. Every country, that's a member of the United Nations, sends an ambassador to represent them at the United Nations, right? Now say a country's ambassador went up in the UN wilding out, acting arrogant, disrespecting other people, acting like it was all about them, talking and poo-pooing other people when they speak, not minding the rules or being disrespectful toward the other ambassadors. And let's say this ambassador did all of this without their home country's approval or sanctioning. Do you think that home country, when they find out how that ambassador has been acting at the UN, you think they're going to approve of that behavior? Don't you agree that the home country might even revoke that person's status as an ambassador for their country? Remember when your mom and daddy used to tell you that Whenever you leave this house, you represent this family and you represent our family name. So represent it right. Don't bring shame on us. Similar to that and similar to that ambassador that represents that country and bring shame on him if he starts wilding out up in the UN as followers of Christ. Whenever you leave your house, you represent Christ's family, the nation of God. You are an ambassador for that nation and you represent God's name to the rest of the world. So when you do that, make sure you do it properly and don't bring shame upon shame upon his name because he's the one who saved you with the shed blood of his son and who redeemed you back to him when he could have, could have just as easily let you perish because you were his enemy, but he loved you and he wanted to see you saved and he deserves respect for that. He deserves us putting respect on his name for that. So anytime and every time you interact with the world as a child of God, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, just make sure that you represent him and his kingdom properly and with all due respect. Amen. 
Listen, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, and on BMC Radio, and BMC Radio On Demand. Also, don't forget, you can find us on the web, BedevilleFaithMinistries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to tune in to both BMC Radio and BFTV, where we are changing the face of Christian television and Christian radio. Just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk and then to go to BFTV, put backslash BFTV, you'll access them both. And don't forget to log on this and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church. We hope to see you then, and we'll catch you here next week. Holla. Thank you.